Bueno. Hello, everybody. This is Shober Shaberi. Welcome back to the Shaber Show. Uh, I'm really excited, as always, to uh, have the next episode and our next guest, who is actually pioneering orthodontist tech products, Hamzat Asabayev. Thank you uh, so much for being on the show, Hamzat. Hi, Shober. Thank you for inviting me. Really excited to be here. Yeah. So I think probably as myself and a lot of people, you're you're a, an entrepreneur and I would love to know who you are quickly in your background for everybody as part of this introduction. Uh, right now, I'm saying I'm founder and CEO of SoftSmile, of a tech orthodontic company. But uh, I hope there is a bit more <laughs> to my person. I, I used to be a lawyer. I advised public companies on really landmark M&A deals. Before that, I started chemistry. I'm from family of lawyers. My father is a lawyer. My grandfather is a lawyer. Almost all my cousins are lawyers. But somehow I ended up in the orthodontic sector and will be happy to share how it happened. I can imagine a lot of the dinners and get-togethers, there was a lot of interesting arguments and discussions with the family members. <laughs> if they're all yes. lawyers, that's fantastic. And, and out of curiosity, you know, where did you grow up? You said you're in New York now. Are you originally from New York or... I'm originally from Chechnya. It's a tiny region, formerly part of Russia. It's closer to Georgia. It was very famous in the 90s because of some tragic events. So, But I spent my childhood there, sometime in Moscow. Then I lived in London, in Dubai. So I lived almost in various places and uh, settled in New York. I live here since 2014. I came here to study. And really love for the city. So I love yeah, New York City. It's one of those places where, you know, if you have a passion and dream, you know, it's, if you have a will, it definitely has a potential in a way. And you mentioned you came to New York to study. What did you study there? Was that law specifically or was that chemistry when you studied? No, no. My major was chemistry and engineering. But uh, I started Columbia Law School. I started law here in New York. Wow. That's incredible. So what, let's kind of uh, backtrack. You said you were doing chemistry, chemistry and uh, engineering. When did you have, I guess it's in your genes a little bit, but uh, when did you decide, you know, it's time to do law? It just feels right and natural for me. <laughs> yes. It's, uh, <laughs> it's definitely, let's say in the genes, but you, uh, I had almost everyone in my family who was saying, when you just stop, or the pure yeah, when you go into real business. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was lucky. I was lucky to start my career at Linklater's. It's uh, one of the best law firms in the world. It's an uh, international law firm, and just being involved in uh, most interesting landmark transactions, something that I really enjoyed for many, many years. I advised uh, the UK government on uh, the structuring of their let's say, uranium assets. I advised Pepsi on the biggest M&A deal in their history. I advised BP and all other big names. It was very interesting. And I believe it prepared me for entrepreneurship, for business life. Yeah, it's very fascinating. I mean, the, the UK government, the Pepsi M&A deal and BP, this very kind of eclectic business verticals to work in because uh, each one is different, right? I'm curious what the Pepsi, what was the biggest deal Pepsi acquisition was? I, I don't, I'm not familiar with that. 
So Pepsi in 2012, they acquired uh, assets in Europe and in Russia called Wimbledon for $6 billion. And it was a very interesting deal involved the acquisition of local assets in Europe. So coordination with local councils, coordination with, with the counterparty. So Okay, got it. So basically it was localized, but in general, that's still, uh, I mean, what was the size of like the acquisition? How long did something like that take? How is that explained? Uh, that's that's uh, interesting. The size was pretty essential, $6 billion, but it took just one week to complete the deal. Can you imagine? And uh, this, <laughs> Yes. That's and this means... Yeah, this means that everyone was working just around the clock and you had around 100 lawyers involved and um, everyone is responsible for a particular piece of the deal. And um, yeah, that, that's the life of a corporate lawyer. Sure. So, yeah. And was this after or before uh, Columbia Business, uh, Columbia Law School, excuse me? It was uh, actually before. Uh, it was before. Then when I started at New York and Columbia Law School, so let's say it was kind of vacation for me from counseling from my job. So I just uh, had some break from uh, working. Yeah, and I mean, that's a fascinating perspective to say you had a break <laughs> yes. uh, to get into the law school program, especially at Columbia, which is one of the most prestigious schools in America. And then did you, while at you know, Columbia, did you think like you're going to get into like a big corporate uh, role? Did you do that right after or what happened? That's really interesting. Actually, it's in uh, here in New York. I started thinking about something beyond uh, legal career because just met so many interesting people here and uh, many businessmen, entrepreneurs and uh, talking to them not only about legal matters, but the business per se just maybe triggered something in me. And uh, after graduation, I still spent a few years in a law firm. I worked in London. In 2018, I was promoted to lead an M&A deal in Saudi, uh, sorry, M&A practice in Saudi Arabia. So I had to go to Riyadh. But instead, I decided to just start my own company. And there is an interesting story behind it, why I decided to leave the firm and uh, let's say bet everything on this startup. Yeah, so, okay. So this is obviously, it must have been a very tempting offer to de- become like the head of this M&A practice in you know Saudi Arabia, probably in, in the region. And yet you must have had the entrepreneurship itch for this idea. Is it... Uh, a soft smile or was it something else that actually we started? What year was this when you decided to go the entrepreneurship route? I was in London. It was in 2018. So it was 2018. It wasn't soft smile, but let's say soft smile is kind of a follow-up of my first startup, which failed, unfortunately, but uh, taught me a lot about orthodontic sector. But there is something more about it. I have this friend, he's actually my co-founder right now, and he's a doctor, he's a real orthodontist, so he's not like fake orthodontist specialist like me, he's an actual doctor. And um, just imagine, you probably know orthodontics treatment is very expensive. Yes. Any part of the world. I was a teenager, yes, I understand. Yeah, and um, he's from a pretty small city, 
And after finishing dental school, he realized that there are not many people in his hometown who can afford either aligners or braces. It was uh, 12 years ago, it's 2010. So what he does, he borrowed some money from friends and family, and he bought a 3D printer. So he actually self-taught himself to make aligners in-house, and he started offering them for just two, $300 patients. And uh, you can imagine, here you have Invisalign for five, $6,000, and here you have a young doctor offering them for $300, and they are self-made in-house aligners. But the result was amazing because he's genius. He's an amazing doctor. And he, since then, he had thousands of patients with um, successfully aligned teeth. Who is the doctor? His name is Islam, Dr. Islam. He's a co-founder of SoftSmile. Got it. And he is a guy who inspired me to just leave my legal career and uh, bet everything on, let's say, orthodontics. Because I knew if I work with him, we can definitely impact the orthodontic sector. Yeah, it's really interesting. What was, okay, so I'm trying to figure out the parallels here. You basically founded a company in this industry back in London. It failed. What was the backstory there? Why did you start that one? And why did uh, it- Yeah, I'll clarify. So, sorry, sure. This company, which I founded back then, I founded it with Islam, and it was a manufacturing of aligners and braces. We had many clients in Europe because the lab was located in Switzerland. We put it there. We had many clients. And the only problem was that we didn't have the right software. That's how we failed. So you can imagine there is huge demand. Doctors want aligners. They want them fast. They love the product. But uh, we don't have software. And uh, we will get why we founded SoftSmile. Because actually there is still... Just a few solutions on the market. And those solutions say, let's say, not designed for large scale production. That's what stopped us. And that's why we failed because we didn't have resources to scale the manufacturing without software. And um, so this company, it was called 3D Mat, it failed. However, we got this lesson that without software, you just cannot grow. And the other companies in the sector, for instance, Align Technology, who made Invisalign, they have software and they have over 600 patents for the software. And that's why it makes it very difficult for anyone else to build something competing and uh, get into the market. So all other big names in the sector, they're just one or two companies which has their own software and others uh, shall go to some third parties. And when I say software, it's not something simple, if I may go into details. It's actually a digital treatment planning. It's something that doctors use to prepare a strategy or treatment plan, how to transform images of your jaws and your teeth into actual plan for printing. So without that, even if you have the best 3D printers or the best equipment, best scanners, you basically can do nothing. You don't have a guide how to align the T's and what to do. So the software is an integral part. And lack of the software stops many companies on the sector from growing, from expansion. And when we started SoftSmile, that's interesting um, that we 
built it for doctors. We wanted to give the software directly to doctors to orthodontists. So they, like Islam, they would make aligners in-house. However, after first demo in 2020, just two years ago, almost instantly we got a flow of requests from a lot of companies, including global brands, uh, including companies like Okay, so let me, uh, Hansat, I think um, this is really interesting. So this is very new. This industry seems very new for a lot of people probably, right? Because this is, in one sense, it's a, the orthodontist industry has been around for a long time. Maybe you need some clarity of how old this industry is for everybody to understand. And then two, like maybe explain why Invisalign became successful in the last probably 10 to 20 years. And then what is it that intrigued you about Soft Smile with you and your Dr. Islam co-founding it? Absolutely. So orthodontics is as old as teeth alignment. So actually there are traces from middle ages of uh, teeth alignment, right? So, but they used um, some metal scrapes, some wires to align teeth. And then you had great advancements with braces. We all know, yes, metal braces. And uh, they also have been around for at least 200 years, but there was some interesting progress of huge advancements in the 50s, and since then they were evolving. We, we all know what metal braces are, so we saw them. <laughs> what we are talking about here are aligners, so invisible, clear plastic um, caps, which uh, people use instead of uh, braces because, again, they're invisible, they're more convenient. And uh, Invisalign made a revolution. They started in 97 when they got into market with uh, this product, with Invisalign. Aligners were before. So doctors tried aligners in 70s and 80s, but it wasn't large scale. It was difficult to produce them. In 97, Align Technology, having progress in 3D printing and progress in CAD CAM systems, combined both and created a sustainable model for making aligners at scale. And this was a revolution. And doctors just started using uh, aligners all around the world. And they had a lot of skeptics back then. But uh, right now, you know, it's uh, just number one on the market. Yeah, and how big is the orthodontist like uh, market cap as an industry, and how much of it does Invisalign have? It depends on how you look into this, but conservatively, it's uh, about fifty billion dollars right now, and uh, it definitely will grow. It's one of the fastest growing sectors in the world, with uh, Invisalign having uh, over eighty percent share in the market. Can you imagine? Yeah, I mean, uh, 50 billion is a huge market. Is this just the US alone? Is that global? And then, yeah, I know there's a few startups, you know, like Candid and others who've tried this recently. And I am curious, like, again, what is it that excites you and Dr. Smile? I think focusing on the, you know, economies of scale, allowing the general, anybody sure. from the general public to have the ability to access to have this. The other is the technology which I really would love to hear more. You kept saying software, right? So like, yeah, I want to hear about like both the access to market and the cost. And then what is it that's the software? Is it software? And like, do you guys do 3D printed products or, you know? 
So let's talk about the United States. You have 200 million people here in the States who need orthodontic treatment. And because of high cost, only just 2% maximum can afford it. So why, again, because uh, prices are, if you ask me, just insanely high. And you shall look into this, how it happened that everyone needs orthodontic treatment and <laughs> the price is so expensive. Although if you look into this, it's just a plastic uh, line. It's a small piece of plastic and um, anyone can do that. So the problem is in technology. You have just a few players on the market who do have this treatment planning software, which allows them to create a strategy of planning for alignment of teeth. Why now is the exciting time? And um, yeah, I know, I know Candid, Smile Club, Dr. Smile, these companies, uh, they're getting to the market. And I love it because the more companies you have on the market, the better for patients. We all do it for patients. But uh, with progress of 3D printing, even any doctor in any part of the world can buy equipment and materials for producing aligners like Islam did 12 years ago. But uh, the question, what kind of software will you use for that? And uh, that's where SoftSmile comes. We enter the market with a very unique solution built from scratch. And why I'm always saying <laughs> unique solution? Because patents or IP portfolio is kind of a trigger, yeah, a nightmare for many players because Align Technology are very protective uh, of the set. And uh, you may see there are a lot of uh, legal cases. So SoftSmile built everything from scratch. We have uh, over 60 US uh, patents. We're actually second after Align in this sector. So obviously 600 and 60, a huge difference, but other guys have fewer patents. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I mean, uh, so from my perspective, I, I you know, from obviously having orth, uh, braces and going through the orthodontist industry to get my braces on and off when I was an early teenager, middle school, it seems like looking back, it's a very much, uh, because like you mentioned, a bit of a luxury item. Historically, it's like if you had the ability to pay for it and do it and, you know, but like 200 million Americans, that's almost two thirds of America, uh, right. if not at least like a 20% or something. Like it's a huge percentage right there. Half of the population, not 20%, it's really more like half the population at least, you know, need it. So it's like almost a necessity to help people on and their teeth. So yeah, it's really fascinating that you guys are going after this space and, you know, being cost effective in the software. And what's like, where are you guys next? Like, what is, is it just you two? Do you have a team built out in New York City? Uh, or do you have a team like spread out? Because it's like uh, pretty much like what started. Yeah, it was just three persons when we started in 2018. It was Islam, I, and um, our third co-founder. His name is Damien. He's an engineer. He's a... Uh, guy who really coded everything. So it was just three person. And we started with Columbia Startup Lab. So again, Columbia helping us with entrepreneurship. We got, let's say, we invested everything we had. We got from funds from friends and family. And we actually were lucky to get big clients pretty early on. So we didn't have to go to institutional investors. and. Um, 
that's an interesting development. So right now we have over 40 people. Uh, 30 of them are engineers based uh, in Dubai, in um, London, here in the States, and a few guys still, unfortunately, in Ukraine. So we will try to get them back out of there once it's a bit calmer. So, yeah, we have an international team and we have uh, very interesting clients from all segments of the sector. But right now, those are manufacturers. Those are guys who make aligners for doctors. While SoftSmile's idea to go to doctors directly. And when we get there, when we start working with doctors directly, we believe we will be able to shift the pricing to make uh, doctors independent from the service providers. So how it works today. Doctors, you shall not blame them for high costs because they pay a lot to producers, to manufacturers of aligners. And they obviously get some premium when they talk to patients. What we want to do, having this software, they will not need to go to one particular service provider. They will have freedom to decide where they want to manufacture lines or how to run the treatment. And we believe this eventually will lead to lower cost for patients. So that's the model. And you asked about printing. Printing is a really interesting and complex uh, art. You need experienced people, you need automation, a lot of this stuff. But we believe that at some point we also may get there because eventually it will mean that either on our own or in partnership with one of our clients, but what we want, give doctors again full freedom. So let's say, I want to get aligners from SoftSmile or from Align Technology or, from, or I want to make them in my office on my own. So that's kind of ideal orthodontic world I see. Yeah, and how many uh, how many doctors are there in total? Like, it could be like as a market wise. Orthodontists uh, in the US, you have uh, ten thousand orthodontists, and we want to get <laughs> all of them. Yeah, that would be like, ideal, correct. And then um, where uh, you mentioned you haven't raised capital yet, institutional capital. You've been no, pretty- we haven't raised anything from uh, venture capitalists. We got, uh, let's say, very good contracts with clients, and we do have capital for that. We probably will be fundraising next year, but so far we are getting good revenue and we are growing. So we, you know, we didn't need uh, money before that. Congratulations! I know that's that's one of the biggest issues, like the chicken and egg, right? It's like you get the clientele and the customers. If you do, that's perfect because. Um, you're able to raise a capital, as I call venture capital, almost like steroids, where it just puts you on an acceleration path to scale. Thank so. you. Yeah, I, I, I'm absolutely inexperienced in this. I don't know how to make uh, M&A deals, public deals, but about venture capital, something to consider maybe next year. Probably we will need it for growth, but right now we're doing fine. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm assuming with your legal background, you've done a lot of obviously structuring in place to scale the, the business both on a you know level yeah, with that's, that's, uh, uh, manufacturer plus basically the companies and the, the software wise so yeah I'm, I'm assuming that's in play correct that's what uh, our customers hate about me because <laughs> because it sounds like really handy when you know legal basics when you understand the contract and when you can negotiate so first of all you save a lot of money on lawyers 
But I'm kidding. It's not an advice. You always shall seek uh, external advice, legal advice. But yes, it's handy. Yeah, they're specialists. Correct. They're specialists in different verticals. They're probably like legal specialists for the medical industry. There's legal specialists probably for the manufacturing side, you know, which your specialist obviously background in M&A, but you, it's a lot better to obviously process and read the contracts and information that you're doing so with your background. Yeah, this is, this is great. And where are you at right now? What's next for like soft swell? Sure. As of now, the biggest achievement is uh, FDA clearance. So it's something I really was struggling to get because uh, in this sector, it's, it's very regulated. And to get uh, FDA clearance for the unique software, it was difficult, but we got it. So it's one of the biggest, thank you, thank you, one of the biggest milestones so far. We are still polishing the software, and that's, again, a paradox. Probably it's a good sign that we have clients, uh, customers, even before we finished everything. But uh, sometimes it's getting, uh, say, it's getting difficult to explain to customers that we are still building, we're still developing but uh, hope to complete everything uh, in September. So this is this stage, development stage. And next one is to start working with others. We have a huge list, uh, waiting list of customers who want to use this software for their practices. So the next step is the growth. And we, we will get into hiring, into development, all of this stuff. Right now, or before that, we focused only on the product. So everything was about software, patents, regulations, the best engineers. You know, what's uh, interesting that this software, which we built, is kind of like a video game. And uh, Can you explain that? Absolutely. So one of the things we are very proud of is the aesthetics of the treatment planning. If you look at, I don't want to say at our competitors, let's say if you look at uh, some existing solutions, they are very, I would say, very medical. So you just see some gingiva teeth and uh, that's it. We invested a lot, and this may sound strange and crazy, (laughs) but we invested a lot to make it the visualization very real and uh, to preserve geometry of teeth and of ginger. And why I mentioned uh, video games, because we got people who were experienced in building video games into our software to make it very fast and to make it, let's say, beautiful. We even partnered with Unity. So that's, um, it may sound interesting again that we promote aesthetics and performance in the medical software, right? But, you know, people love it because doctors go to patients and when they show them to their patients our, let's say, pictures and videos, it's something that uh, people enjoy because we craft it in the way that even patients would understand what's going on. Saying even patients, I mean people without medical background would understand what's going on and what uh, the doctor wants from them. It's almost like uh, almost like beauty. Like you're doing also, besides the fact that it's in the medical sector, it's almost like beauty. And it's almost exactly. in some parallels, you could kind of say like, oh, uh, Botox and other things have ex- you know exploded as a business and industry in the medical world. In reality, that's to me, that's like more beauty 
but yeah, I think you definitely had a touch point and to have specialists, like I'm assuming because you use Unity, you need like 3D specialists and designers to come in and design it in Unity with the 3D artwork. Probably they've done that before in games and they were able to do that and being focused on the teeth and of a human being. Yeah, we borrowed a lot from gaming. We have streaming platform for doctors to edit treatment plans. It's also something new for the sector. So we, we have interesting stuff borrowed from gaming. You could the probably other, use it, uh, for uh, like game mechanics with the business side of things. To, it's like, oh, come, I mean, people do this rewarding, right? Like come back. Actually, and- Align, Align Technology did it. Invisalign did it. And that was very wise and very, very cool. They encourage doctors to make more cases. And they have this tier system. And the more Invisalign cases you do, the better deal you have. So it's something maybe for the next stage for the growth and marketing. But you're right. Gaming is a really substantial part of our business. It's fantastic. You're very unique. And um, this has been pretty exciting to hear a lot of like the soft smile story and, and specifically like how you guys are trying to disrupt and revamp or evolutionize the orthodontist space with like software and products. Do you have any like stories you have that has been a struggle? You mentioned failure in the last one. You know, what was from that, that you both, you and your co-founder decided this is, let's fail this fast, start a new company. That's something a little bit more successful. You mentioned it was a software. As far as this company, like what has been some challenges that you've overcome? Because every startup has that, right? Yes, uh, constantly. <laughs> there are always some challenges and at each stage there are new challenges. So the first one was, again, we were mistaken with our strategy. We built the software product for doctors. We wanted to go after them, to go to practices. And fortunately, our actual customers, which are labs or manufacturers, they came to us first and they, they helped us because from them, we got substantial revenue to move on. If we started working with doctors, I'm pretty sure SoftSmile wouldn't be able to make it at this stage because from doctors, uh, let's say they wouldn't start before FDA. We got FDA clearance only six months ago and um, it just would be more difficult. And I didn't know about it. So we made this mistake. So I acknowledge it, but uh, fortunately... Customers found us, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, sometimes of like, like you said, fortunate. Like a little bit of luck helps a lot. Uh, timing, course. you know, you guys probably were timing there, and they were looking for something, so the alignment were there. You know, that's great. And then I'm curious what the name means. Like, it was, you know, it might be. Just, it's like, it's, what is the idea? Like, who came with the name? I came with a name because uh, I trying to find a name for the software to be used in the orthodontics. And uh, soft smile is just software for smiles, but uh, it's ticked and um, that's the name. So that's the story. There was nothing more, just software for smiles. That's awesome. And then I guess my last few questions would be like the first would be, you know, what is kind of key for uh, the next couple months uh, for the rest of 2022, what excites you long-term? We are finally at the stage, you can imagine after three years, when this software is stable, automated, and has everything we envisioned a few years ago. And we are completely excited to help our customers, our partners, to increase their efficiency, to 
offer more alignments to the market. So we're finally at the stage where we do have this product and it's working and it's stable. And, um, you know, you obviously know how software works and there are always bugs and there are always glitches. But I'm from a law firm. And for me, bugs were like a mistake or typo in a document. And it was awful to have a typo in a legal document. So first time when I heard about bugs from my clients, from our customers, it was so sad for me. And I, I couldn't understand why we, we have them. For me, it was like type again in a legal document. But uh, now I do understand it's a part of the life. And uh, if you're in the software business, there are always bugs. So I'm also learning from engineers, from business. And uh, now let's say it's stable. This is a very exciting part of our journey. Yeah, I mean, the whole notion of, um, at least in the software sector, right? And it's a little different, I guess, in hardware because I've, I've been in consumer space when I was at Pebble, the smartwatch. But like on a software level, the MVP, which means minimal viable product, like the least simplistic product that you could have for a, a customer to use. And then you basically grow it over time versus like trying to have this notion of like, it has to be a perfectionist. I want it all done at once. It's impossible because you under, you don't understand what the customers want and need. And so you go with the least amount. And then over time, you could build out like instead of like section one, maybe over the next month, you have stage two and stage three and stage four. And so after, and then you have really the full product maybe in a couple of years, right? Ready to go for like mass scale. Work in progress, basically. You always have to have that mindset that it's like always work in progress. And it's a good thing. That's absolutely true. But in this niche sector with doctors who are demanding and who have specific requests, it would be very difficult to go with a very simple MVP. So we needed to show them solutions because uh, there were, let's say, simple solutions on the market and we would have to offer something new. And the best uh, explanation how we're different is that we have everything that they want under the same roof. So that's what we were building. So we want, it kind of a one-shop store for them. Well, uh, Hamzat Asabayev, it's been a real pleasure to actually uh, have you on the Spare Show and uh, hear your story, specifically the soft smile story. Thanks everybody for listening in and uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Take care, everybody. Thank you. It was a pleasure being here.